everybody's got to rein themselves in. If we all rein ourselves in somewhat, if we establish some rules, we'll all be safer. It has to, we have to share this very precious public space in a better way. What does it take to get a more in-depth look into the week's top local news story? The Debrief brings you inside for a one-on-one -on -one conversation with our reporters. Every week, right here, right now. The Debrief. Brought to you by Hackensack Meridian Health. Visit our partner site, NBCNewYork.com slash HealthU, to help you on your health journey. Hackensack Meridian Health, life years ahead. Perhaps there's no more fraught relationship in New York City than that between bicyclists, pedestrians, and drivers. Just on the way into 30 Rock, I saw bicyclists going the wrong way down a one-way street. I saw a pedestrian walking against the walk signal, and I saw taxi drivers trying to navigate it all. So this is part of the DNA of New York City, but occasionally it makes headlines because of fatalities or injuries. So we recently looked at something called streetsblog.org, which is devoted to covering these kinds of issues, and we saw some comments from the former parks commissioner in New York City where he described Central Park as the wild, wild west. So we wanted to know more about that, and we've asked former Commissioner Adrian Benepe to come in for this week's Debrief Podcast. Oh, by the way, I'm David Ushery, uh, an anchor at 11 and 5 on News 4 New York, and we're coming to you from our busy studio. So, Commissioner, thanks for coming in. Great to be here, David. That's a headline-making comment, so why don't you just take us through it, and then we'll dive into these issues. Well, the Central Park drives started out being places to go in your carriage, pulled by horses, and then... Over the years, they were taken over completely by automobiles. So for half their lives, they were used 24-7 by cars. People in New York forget that they used to be 24-7 three lanes of traffic in the park. Gradually, that was whittled away with, including um, by the work of my father, who was a bicyclist advocate in the 1960s. And he and others led an effort to say, can we have one Sunday a month free of cars mm -hmm. to ride our bicycles? I didn't know that. I didn't, so yeah. this is actually, uh, this is in the family for you <laughs> in a way. It's, okay. in, the, it's <laughs> in the genes. In the genes. <laughs> so as a child, I used to bicycle on Sundays in Central Park. Um, then I served as a park ranger in the 1970s under Gordon Davis. And so I have a really intimate understanding of the sort of the ecology of how people move through the park. And then we gradually, the, the park has become, so now that there is no more civilian automobile right. traffic and it's just official vehicles. So it needs to be radically rethought. It's striped for traffic. It's got old fashioned traffic signals that have no bearing with the current reality. So they need to do some very deep rethinking of how to make the park function as safely as possible, understanding there will always be some level of chaos. So a lot of this is often driven by perception, right? And usually something happens. And recently we had a biker killed right. near 74th and the east side of the park and a pedestrian was hurt. Right. Often it may be the other way where people perceive a headline making incident of a biker hitting a pedestrian right. and pedestrians kill. Statistically though, it still looks like motor vehicles hit more uh, pedestrians, right? right? So it's perception and this relationship but you're saying there are things fundamentally wrong with the way Central Park is now set up. And maybe other parks too, or no? Uh, it's, really, it's really Central Park, maybe a little bit Prospect Park. Prospect Park, Park right. It, it's any park where there's uh, heavy traffic. And Central Park, the other thing that's happened in Central Park in our lifetimes, David, is it's become much, much more crowded. Yeah. 
the uh, <coughs> development of tourism industry in New York. There are now <coughs> tens of thousands of tourists every day in the park. They rent bicycles, they get on city bikes, and they ride the wrong way. Right. <laughs> and they're lost, they're wandering around. Correct. The other thing that's happened is pedicabs. There were never pedicabs before. There are now hundreds of pedicabs going every which way and taking up a lot of space. So there's a, there's a concentration of traffic on busy weekends, which is like almost gridlock. And then you have uh, guys on $10,000 racing bikes zipping through at 30 miles an hour trying to train in the middle of tourists puddling along at mm -hmm. uh, 5 miles an hour. It, it is un, you know, sort of chaos right now. It could be less chaos. Now, tell us what happened that you made these comments to Streets Blog, uh, what you had experienced riding there where you described it as chaos and really a crisis. Well, it's just that. you know, I, you, It's hard to ride a bicycle around the park now without having to weave it. You've got Horse carriages, pedicabs, delivery trucks, official vehicles, uh, tourists on bicycles, and people racing very fast on bicycles, walkers, riders, and tourists walking. So you've got probably 10 different kinds of traffic using these drives, and it's not, it's not striped or laid out in any meaningful way. And then you, the biggest point of conflict is at the crossing. So that East 74th Street crossing is where people cross from the conservatory water to get to the lake to the Boathouse Cafe. It's a very busy pedestrian crossing, but it happens on a sharp turn at the bottom of a steep hill. So there's no visibility. And then you have pedicabs hanging around there and going the wrong way against traffic. It's a really, really dangerous intersection. And bicycles are coming down the hill at a good rate of speed, getting that speed up to go up the hill. So there are places where people cross the road mm -hmm. that need to be signalized and enforced and then and these signals were set up for, for cars 50 years ago they need to be reset for a whole new thing you need to have lanes striped and frankly you have to have enforcement of rules you have to say these are the rules and here's the enforcement like if you're on a bicycle the tradition for forever in New York City has been you don't stop for lights no bicyclists stop for lights the people who stop for lights are tourists mm -hmm. they see the light and they're polite and they stop New Yorkers don't stop for lights Central Park so it's impossible for a pedestrian to know it's okay to cross safely. Talk to me about the emotions of it, though, as a New Yorker, uh, as you know, uh, where bicyclists always feel like they're under siege, they're put upon, that they're being attacked, and they're very aggressive in defending, you know, right. the ability to, to cycle around. They also point out there have been a number of fatalities and injuries. Yeah. Pedestrians always feel the bikers are overly aggressive, and particularly with the elderly or yeah. someone pushing a stroller. And then you have New York City drivers, yeah. right? Uh, again, fuel by perception, tension, fraught relationship. Well, there's, there's a combination of perception and reality. The reality is there's a lot of us out there, and the perception is that people are being killed all the time. Um, and they are. There's, you know, there's been a big uptick in cyclists being killed by cars. There's, there's no question that there needs to be much more enforcement of how people drive. People drive crazily right. in New York City. They run lights all the time. You know, we made a big deal about having a few speed cameras. There should be a red light camera at every intersection because people run red lights all the time, and that's dangerous. However, cyclists are not above reproach. And I, what I liked about the Streets blog article is it didn't say cyclists are always right. It said cyclists have to rein in their behavior. And some of the worst behavior in Central Park is coming from cyclists, particularly from people who feel like oh, it's the middle of the afternoon, I can put on my training gear and ride as fast as I can and not stop for anybody. And, and I've seen these guys, they come and they yell at people to get out of the way, <laughs> timorously trying to cross the street. So I think everybody's got to rein themselves in. If we all rein ourselves in somewhat, if we establish some rules, we'll all be safer. It has to, we have to share this very precious public space in a better way.
And you are a cyclist, say. I'm a cyclist, but I'm also a walker. I, I see it from all points of view. Let me get this out there. You uh, were Parks Commissioner under Mayor Bloomberg, obviously a different administration now. To those who might say, well, he's just taking a swipe at the way the current administration is running things. Absolutely not. Mitchell Silver is a terrific commissioner. He's also a city planner. So Mitchell is a trained city planner. He is very smart about these things. I think what he needs is for um, the city to say, you're in charge. It's, it's no longer part of the street grid, which it isn't, and it, it frankly never was. The Central Park drives are never really technically mm -hmm. street property, they're right. parks property. Now that there's no longer traffic in the park, it should become a whole parks department urban planning exercise where they bring in the best experts from around the world, bring in the mobility experts from Sweden and from Denmark and from countries where they, they know how to manage this kind of traffic. The solution is not impossible, but it has to be taken seriously. And Mitchell Silver is exactly the guy to do it. Let me draw you out on that a little bit more. I wanted to get your sense of where you think it can work, where it works around the world. And people often point to the Netherlands, yeah. I believe, right, when it comes yeah. to this managing this relationship. I, I think the, um, <clears throat> the height of sort of urban mobility thinking is probably in Denmark. Mm -hmm. So I've been to Copenhagen. 60% uh, of the commuting in Copenhagen is done by bicycle. 60%, mm. probably 30% by mass transit. So very few people actually drive. And people think, well, it's always been that way. It's different. It's, it's, it's the Netherlands. It's Denmark. It wasn't. It, everybody used to drive into downtown Copenhagen and Amsterdam. And 30 or 40 years ago, they said, we're going to try something different. But they have the equivalent of bicycle superhighways in Copenhagen with dedicated stri strips and marking and special traffic lights and bridges just for bicycles and people stop for the lights. Mm. <laughs> it's quite extraordinary. But it wasn't always that way you're saying. No, it, I did read an article. This took decades to it evolve. It took decades to evolve. So. Any other big metropolitan areas, London, Paris, trying to get it right or get it better? Do, yeah, you, you know, know I think Paris is doing very well. Um, a lot of Scandinavia is doing very well. Um, you know, surprisingly, the best city in North America, or at least in the United States I've seen, is Minneapolis. Minneapolis has a, an outstanding network of bicycle paths, right. including the equivalent of a bicycle superhighway. It's an old rail bed where they have entrance and exit ramps and very wide lanes and, yes, and then bridges just for bicycles. They've, they've gotten it right in Minneapolis. So we know this touches a nerve if we look at the comments to the Streets blog org article. I know you're a former public official, so you can take the heat. So I just wanted to share with you some thoughts. Uh, one person said, yes, the park could use fixing uh, as long as the fix isn't utterly punitive. But for him, meaning uh, former Commissioner Benepe, to say what he said is blinkered and nonsensical and just fuels hysteria. Uh, another person points out that you support the uh, or did support the horse-drawn carriages, and that adds to the mix. Uh, Pedestrians need to be asked to do their fair share in shared spaces. Bicyclists should not be penalized with infrastructure. Others saying they were just adding to hysteria over yeah. this issue. Well, yeah, I, it's unfortunate when people just have a just their issue and they can't see the larger picture. And I, I think most cyclists understand if you behave badly, it it re, it does not serve the bicycling movement well. You know, cyclists should stop for red lights when pedestrians are crossing. They shouldn't ride the wrong wrong way in one way streets and. We've all been guilty of that. So we first have to acknowledge our own behavior. You know, I, I have a lot of sympathy, particularly for pedestrians. You know, they're just trying to cross the street. And if they get hit by a bicycle, it could be deadly. So you know, I'm not angry at pedestrians for trying to cross the street. And I think we all have to you know, sort of stop being so it's my way or the highway, literally here, and just say we have to live together in a shared city. That means we all have to give up a little bit to gain.
All right. So the takeaway, I understand, Commissioner, is that Central Park was designed for one thing in mind, and now it's time to evolve, perhaps. Yeah, and it's, it was designed for horse carriages, then taken over by cars, and now the cars are gone. So we're in a th sort of third era of the park, in uh, its third century, effectively. So we have to think differently about how the park should function. And there's great minds who can do that. I think there's nobody better qualified than Commissioner Silver to do that because of his planning background. One of, the th one of the quick fixes in my mind, um, and I didn't fix this, a lot of things I didn't do as commissioner, is the proliferation of pedicabs. It's completely unregulated, uh, and the horse carriages are regulated. There's only 66, they have specific places where they must line up, they can't go anyplace else, they stay on the right-hand side, they're the best behaved of all the users. The pedicabs are completely unlimited, they should turn it into a parks concession, they can charge them money to use the park because they're making a lot of money there, and say, there's only 70 of you guys, and that's it. And this is where you park, and that's it. And they could, a lot of the chaos could be reduced by simply reducing by two-thirds the number of pedicabs, who are just people doing business in the park without paying the park anything. So that's, that's something that's new. It's added quite a bit to the chaos of the drives, and I think that's something to do with a stroke of a pen. It would be really easy. Former Parks Commissioner Adrian Benefee sharing his thoughts and more insight on an article that we spotted at streetsblog.org. So we thank them for their reporting. Commissioner, we thank you okay. for stopping by here. Thank you, David. Good to see you. I'm your host, David Ushery, and we want to thank our producers, Jesse Edwards and Ben Berkowitz from the NBC New York digital team. Again, coming to you from our busy newsroom. We'll check you next time on The Debrief. Great. My pleasure. Awesome.